Download Geographers. Thank you to my gorgeous Class 11D for downloading and listening to this again. And if you're out there and you've randomly picked it up, thank you very much. This is actually part two of the Coast Revision podcast. You need to make sure you have listened to part one first of all. So as always, there are resources to go with it. My lovely lot, this is on Google Classroom. If you're listening out there, just find the link on Spotify and you can enjoy this PDF, which hopefully will help you with some revision. So this is part two, and we're now going to focus on longshore drift to kick us off. So my class, go back to this coast revision booklet I've made. And if you're out there on the great world wide web, it is page six we got to. Now, longshore drift is interesting to a geographer, but it's also actually incredibly powerful. Longshore drift is actually the movement of sediment along a beach, and we say in a zigzag. We're here, my class, in Happening, Hampshire, and so for us, this moves it from the west of England, from Cornwall, along to Devon and Dorset, then along to Hampshire and Sussex, and finally Kent. You may be in a different part of the world or a different part of the UK, but ours is actually going from west to east. So I got really excited the day I went on the trip that it was sunny. Sorry to my class, that was not the day. We were absolutely blown away by the gale force winds. When I went the second day on the trip, I found some red sandstone, which actually comes from Cornwall and Devon. So the geeky geographer loved that I was able to prove that this happens. I'm sorry you couldn't see it. Maybe we need to have a class trip somewhere there. I should perhaps get Megan to organise that again. Big shout out to Megan there. Okay, let's move on then. So we've got this zigzaggy movement, but it can't just move things. The power of erosion, transportation and deposition, the three parts of this sequence, is for every landform that's eroded like old harry rocks there will be a landform that is created just like mudderford spit so we say deposition is where material is actually dropped off and we also have beautiful features like tombolo and beach bars not the alcoholic kind the actual physical geography kind we have them created so moving on to slide number seven now have a little look at some of the landforms actually related related resulted from erosion we've got there uh, a type of headland where we actually get stronger harder rock and more resistant rock where you've got soft rock you're going to get that beautiful bay that lovely horseshoe shape just at somewhere like Lulworth Cove stunning and quite often sandy they are gorgeous where there's harder rock though you're going to get the headlands like old harry rocks and the needles left because the weaker rocks erode at a much faster rate of course the harder rocks take a lot longer to erode through that hydraulic action and the processes of corrosion and abrasion take longer so look at phase two of that diagram you've got what we call here this discordant coastline where we've got the different bands resulting from the soft and the hard layers of rock as we move down, we don't just have different hard and soft layers of rocks. We've actually got the area of rock along the headland that the waves can actually reach. So here on the next page, we've got the cliffs and the wave cut platforms. A lot of that actual cliff is undermined from the waves being only able to reach that bottom part of it. A wave can't reach up 50 metres high up a cliff headland. Actually, it can only attack the lower part. So we get this cut out. We actually get this notch being cut out until eventually, because of the effect of gravity, the bit hanging above it will actually fall down. 
Then we've also got our traditional, our good old-fashioned headland with our cracks, our caves, our arches, our stacks and our stumps. Now I really want you to stop now and hit pause on me and look up some photos of old Harry Rocks because I'm sorry I did not put a decent one in. I've put instead the four stages labelled. Old Harry Rocks is a chalk headland in Dorset. Probably if you're listening to this somewhere else you would have studied it as it is pretty famous in the land of GCSE geography. But it's stunning. You can see the weaknesses and the crevices in the cracks. You can see caves. And we've actually got two separate stacks. We've got a really kind of fat one that's actually left and we've got a thinner one and you might not be able to find a photograph but there is a tiny stump that's only viewable at low tide but have a look cement this in your mind I would also like you to stop now and actually make some erosion notes on actually how this forms we have the corrasion slash abrasion with hydraulic action weakening those tiny holes and forming cracks but how does that cave happen how does an arch get eroded through what happens to a stack take a moment now to actually revise that for me and hit pause on me thank you okay thanks for doing that I've got a feeling that's going to come up in the exam also we've got some landforms resulting from deposition now I spoke about spits and I'm going to come on to those in a sec but a beach a beach is a depositional feature and thank goodness for it as they're quite nice to walk your dog along quite nice to sit on on a sunny day reading listening maybe great thing to do when you guys have got the whole of July off and your exams are finished you and your besties organized a day trip down to perhaps Bournemouth Beach for my crew We've also got beautiful sand dunes. This is created actually by particles actually from offshore sandbars where the sand is blown ashore, it's trapped by vegetation and these build up over time. We had these, we saw these sand dunes actually down at Hengisbury Head. And then we've got the classic, we've got the spits. So spits are actually formed where there is a change in direction of the coastline I've got to say that you've got your zigzag movement going on of longshore drift but there's got to be a change in direction for you lot my gorgeous class it's because we've got Christchurch Harbour and we've got the rivers Stour and Avon actually coming out the mouth is there they're actually entering and they're actually coming out into the sea this means instead of actually keeping going with that zigzag pattern, we've got a different current. We've actually got a competing movement. And so actually the sand, the shingle that has been carried by longshore drift is deposited. So stop me for another moment and have a little look at Mudderford Spit. Or you could keep me going as I'm going to chat. You could call up a web page on your phones. Have a look though, it's stunning. We've got 400 beautiful beach huts on that property and they sell for a crazy figure. When we went, remember we looked it up and there was one for sale back last summer for £315,000 for a hut. But it's because this area is so beautiful, so special. This spit is a site of special scientific uh, interest. So it's actually protected by law. And it is, it's pretty stunning. But it's causing problems down the coast because of all that sediment being trapped here and building up the beautiful Mudderford spit. 
just around the corner, the other side of the mouth of the river, places like Barton-on-Sea are being starved of sediment. So the issue with this deposition is it actually creates problems further downstream. For areas like Mudderford Spit, which are being protected and built up by coastal deposition, we've got areas like Barton-on-Sea, which are suffering the effects of mass movement, and of course are not getting any sand. It's being trapped here at Mudderford Spit. So we move on to one of the last topics just to study, which is coastal management. And there's always a question on this. There are two types. There are hard engineering strategies, which basically involve Bob the Builder, essentially, actually doing something involving diggers, concrete, steelwork, reinforcement. Look at the table that is here onto um, the page nine. I've got a seawall really important at actually reflecting the wave's energy and they're really advantageous because when you've got sea walls tourists can walk along them so they have a benefit of protecting the sea behind and also creating a lovely area for your tourists but they are expensive you are looking at about five thousand pounds for a cubic meter and they do actually need maintenance. The one down South Sea, we had all that bad weather last week, only last Tuesday, which was Tuesday the 14th of January. We had terrible weather and South Sea's seawall and its promenade has broken up and the council is now gonna have to spend a couple of million repairing it. This is big business. My personal favourite is groins. And of course, we've done our fieldwork on groins. So we're not just going to be writing about groins here. We're going to be thinking about our fieldwork for paper three. Groins are amazing because what they do is they trap sediment. And remember this, they build up a beach. I've said that slow, not to be condescending, and I apologise, I know I can sometimes be like that, but because it's really important you don't forget it. They don't just trap sediment and slow longshore drift. You can never stop it, you can only slow it. They are building up a beach for tourists. So again, this is another advantage to them. But they are starving sediment from getting to places like Barton-on-Sea. So they do actually cause problems further down the coast and some people say they can be really unattractive and ugly I'm personally not that fussy now some others which I quite like is the rock armor or sometimes called the rip wrap basically huge boulders quite often granite so it does make it expensive again you're talking about 800 to a thousand pound for a cubic meter but the idea is those boulders at the bottom of a cliff will absorb the wave energy so the cliff is protected behind however this is quite expensive and also the water can actually soak through the little gaps of the boulders the boulders are jagged and there are gaps so it can actually undermine and take away and actually kind of take the sand from underneath them so they end up actually getting closer to the sea and being undermined and the waves can reach the cliff so i'm not too sure on rock armor it's a 50 50 Gabions, I am weird and I love these, and they're not just used for coastal management. Councils are using these like for areas like, you know, either side of a motorway where you've got cliffs and hills and things. They're incredibly cheap. You're looking at about £75 to £100 uh, for a cubic metre. And essentially, it's cages of rocks and you put them up against a cliff. So the waves will hit the cage of rock rather than the cliff. The problem is lots of people think they're unattractive and the problem is they only last about five years before they need repairing. 
Luckily, the repairs are a lot cheaper than anything to the rock armor, the groins and the seawall. But I can say, could you actually change that into a positive? It's creating some jobs. Just a cheeky economic thought there. So I've covered some of the hard. There are a few more like offshore breakwaters. We did that in class. So my class, go back to your Google Drive folders, find our coastal management table. And we've also got some soft options. So I quite like these, beach nourishment, actually replenishing the beach, and Bournemouth does it every year. It dredges up some sand and shingle from the uh, sea floor just off the beach, and then it sprays it, and it levels all out the coast, and it gives us that beautiful sand. I like that, but this needs constant maintenance. Sadly, Bournemouth have got to do this every year. And even in fact, when we've had particularly bad storms, so in 2014, they actually had to do it a couple of times in a year. So it does get really pricey, but it gives you that beautiful tourist beach. June regeneration is amazing as well and there's a lot of this going on down Hengisbury Head establishing the sand dunes because they trap and they hold the sand in place so we've actually building up a beach so the waves can't get to the cliffs so we do like it and then there's managed retreat probably this is the most popular thing councils do and they've been doing this at Barton on Sea they've been doing this at good old Black Gang Chine on the Isle of Wight for a long while essentially is essentially doing really nothing in a way it's draining off some water from the top to try to stop some of that mass movement acting on the cliff and it's also if you can dragging stuff back so just before Barton on Sea there's a holiday caravan park Nash Farm they've just been dragging back their caravans for years now years and years sometimes we just actually have to give the people the insurance money for their home and let their home tumble into the sea because it's not financially viable actually doing things like that is only going to cost maybe a million or two actually popping in a seawall and all this other management can cost 50 60 million and it's taxpayers money so this is where we talk about the sustainability and i'm just going to finish my podcast by talking about the to what extent you're going to have some sort of question about coastal management. And it's always about that. Can you justify? Can you assess? To what extent does it work? And we're geographers, so we know that we're going to say to some extent, you know, we're going to make an on the one hand kind of argument. And then we're actually going to understand and say, actually, to a lesser extent, I appreciate on the other hand, it doesn't. We've got to realise there's advantages and disadvantages. So your task to do with this podcast now is to revise Old Harry, is to look over things things like spits and to take this moment finding this table for me my class because we also had a column with the sustainability and actually thinking to what extent does these hard or do these hard and soft engineering strategies actually work Um, I want to have a massive massive shout out for listening thank you so much you did this really really well my class so take some time to make some more revision notes and of course I want to mention the practice questions particularly for this bit if you can get down to do a bit of practice on page 12 I've popped in some ordnance survey map work I've also popped in a question five on actually spit formation and you'll notice I've put the mark scheme so if you're listening out there from not my class you can mark this yourself on my class it gives you an idea if you don't want to hand it in to me how well you're doing there's also the mark scheme on there so find the resources on our google classroom 11d or have a link that goes with this podcast thanks so much for listening I'll be back next week with ribbons Bye for now.